Hello everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode of the 15 Minute Coffee podcast. My name is Neve, and I'm also joined today with Drew. So today we had the absolute pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Pamela Laird. So you may know Pamela from The Apprentice and Dragon's Den, but she is also the founder and CEO of Moxie Loves, which is a beauty brand dedicated to creating products that are effective, quick and convenient. Um, all products are also cruelty free as well. So I would definitely recommend checking out Moxie Loves. So we had a really great chat with Pamela today. And um, we talked all about how to get investment for your startup, no matter what stage you were at. We also chatted about motivation and how to really push through those times where you just don't feel like doing anything. Pamela also gave us some really good tips on skills that you should start developing today if you are serious about running a business. So if this sounds like something you're interested in, without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the 15 Minute Coffee podcast. Um, absolutely delighted to introduce our next guest today, uh, the one and only Miss Pamela Laird. Pamela, Hi. how's it going? Great. Thanks so much for having me, Neve. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, no worries. It's our pleasure. Thanks so much for hopping on. I'm excited. So, cool. <laughs> so, Pamela, I want to start off by, you know, talking about your success and what that kind of looks like for you because you know I think what you've been able to achieve in such a short period of time really I think it's incredible and I think I think you're incredible as well and I think you are such an amazing role model for so many young entrepreneurs out there so I just personally wanted to start off by saying that but um, kind of getting back to you know success and what that kind of looks like for you what does success look like for you and what's kind of something that you've done over the past couple of years in terms of what you've been able to achieve? What kind of gives you that sense of fulfillment and a sense of achievement as well? Yeah, it's such a loaded question. Thank you. I, um, You never really stop as an entrepreneur, I feel, well, most entrepreneurs to kind of think about anything that you've done as a success. You sort of just keep moving. And I think that's just part of it, part of the journey. You know, getting listed in Primark, getting listed in Boots, they were huge for me. I mean, I probably didn't stop to just go, wow, like this, me on my own, this product, these products have, have been listed. But actually, I think that's what gives me the most, um, like I feel really like I'm on the right road when a buyer believes in my product and puts it on their shelves or lists it in their stores. And then kind of on the flip side, when a, when a consumer picks up the product, like it's pleasing those two people leads me to believe that I'm on the right road, that my brand is something that will add value to the retail stores or add value to a customer taking it home. And they're the things that anytime I get a new listing or a new market or even just someone who shares on social media, they're the things that I go, okay, I'm keeping going. I know I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, it's all about adding value. Um, totally. One thing I suppose that really kind of comes across for me, like even when I was doing some research on you, is that you have that kind of genuine love and passion for what you do and I think all great success stories and businesses they start with that love and passion so I think you know you're a prime example of that and just slightly kind of going on from that and talking a little bit about motivation because you know obviously you're your own boss you have your own business you know you don't have someone telling you what to do so you kind of you have to be pretty self-motivated so question for you what what keeps you motivated 
but I suppose more importantly, what kind of pushes you through those times where, you know, you kind of might have those days where you don't really feel like doing anything? What gets you through those times? You know what? Pressure. I work extremely well under pressure. In fact, I probably only really work when I'm slightly under pressure. (laughs) If there's a deadline, I'm like, I'm going to push that and then I'm going to leave myself no time at all to execute this. But actually, I just work so well under pressure. Like I that's why I really struggled a little bit with with lockdowns because I miss the I have to go on the ride. I fly here, but I still have to get this done. We have to do that. And I love the buzz of that that just keeps me going I you know not that I get a thrill when things go wrong that's really dreadful but at the same time it's like a challenge this has gone wrong let's fix it and that that pushes me forward so I think it's just that um that not a jet set life but just in general like having that buzz really motivates me to keep going so whether it's a bad buzz or a good buzz I'm always trying to push to fix the problem and actually that's coming comes through our product range you know our product range is like problem solvers and I think that's just what I do and I really enjoy that side of the business you know trying to achieve things do you (laughs) add like deadlines for yourself to to make the pressure there for yourself or do you just wait for them to come I sort of wait for them to come I mean look there are obviously natural deadlines that happen because you need to submit something or there might be whatever the reason is I tend to just I'm a I'm a procrastinator but I'm a perfectionist at the same time so I'll I'll stay up I'll focus on it I'll overdo something but in my own time (laughs) um, (laughs) just to add more pressure Um, and then inevitably things happen on that day as well that I need to get done but actually that's a really successful day if I'm sitting down and working in my business back to back to back that I feel really fulfilled at the end of the day so um, it's probably me accidentally putting pressure on myself but actually because I know that I excel when the pressure's on. Mm. Yeah. Not not to go too much into this here one topic, but you said you're procrastinating there. And I've yeah. seen a lot of videos coming out, people are sort of discovering that like procrastinating was sort of looked down on. And then people are sort of discovering now it's just different people working different ways. Did yeah. you ever find that when you're when you're like getting into business, you sort of felt like you had to avoid this or like become one of them people who does it six months in advance? And then it didn't work for you or did it just? Yeah, I think I think I didn't realize how much of a procrastinator I was until the time was endless, until retail stores are closed. You know, nothing was happening over the last two years that would have been happening for me. And I probably didn't notice how much I do procrastinate. I think actually it was when I was on The Apprentice, it was Lord Sugar said to me, like, you just you're you can't make up your mind about things. And I was like, that's not true. But actually, when I watched it back, I was like, no, it is true. I'm like, no, I'll think about that. I, I don't want to make a decision on it in case it's the wrong decision. But then obviously push comes to shove. I have to. And again, that's that pressure that mm. forces me to make a decision. So when I didn't have any pressure to make decisions, I realized that I am a bit of a procrastinator covered over with being a perfectionist by not making decisions. But I think um I'm very aware of that. It's a bit of an Achilles heel. So I, I I do know that I will make the decision, but I'm trying not to be just a procrastinator for the sake of it. So yeah, it is hard to put pressure on yourself, but I think um, the pressure comes. So I accept it and hopefully get the job done. Yeah. Someone actually told me the other day that apparently being a perfectionist and procrastinating actually goes hand in hand. I don't know. I don't actually understand how that works, but... <laughs> I'm well, gonna it works, it. Steve. Okay, it does. <laughs> yeah, we'll just accept it. All right, we'll you heard just it say yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, just one last question for me in terms of you know skills, like what kind of skills you think you would kind of need when you're starting out a business. For anyone listening, you know who maybe is starting a business of their own, what kind of skills would you say that they should kind of 
look at developing? I think um, determination is one. And I don't know if necessarily you can call it a skill, but really focus on putting the blinkers on because Mm -hmm. a lot of people say to me when they're looking for advice, like, where did you even start? And you actually start everywhere. Like there is no one starting point to starting your own business, whether you decide on the name first, whether you start the product range, whether you pick your brand colors, your fonts, whatever the beginning, they're all the beginning because everything is done in tandem. If you think about it, there is no one starting point. And I feel like you have to just look at it as a bigger picture and just do whatever you can at that time. And that's starting like that is getting going and then the determination is really required when everything inevitably goes wrong all at once you know you just think how can I possibly keep going and so you really need to dig deep to that determination and just push onwards because you and again putting the blinkers on ignoring all everything falling around you and just getting out the other side is sometimes really what you need Um, and that's a really useful skill just going on to the the next section Pamela, I know you're mentioning The Apprentice there before, but sort of in regards to your performance on The Apprentice, Mm. I was wondering, could you give us any insight into what it was like to be in that competitive environment? Because obviously we've all seen how the show can get a bit nasty when the competition Um, gets into it. I think as an only child and a solo entrepreneur, like I've no co-founder, I was alone for a lot of my journey in business and I didn't really ever have to delegate or work in a team especially with people that I didn't know and I like I'm from Ireland I longest I've been away was two weeks so I'm like thrown into a house in the UK in London none of my friends know where I am I'd no phone and I'm with like 16 people plus production and crew living in this house and it's just the most like thrown out of my comfort zone experience ever but I have to say I really enjoyed the competitiveness I would really be used to being competitive because when you're an entrepreneur you're you don't really look to the other brands and go, I'm going to beat you. You just do your own thing. And that's kind of the way you really need to run your business. You can't be worried about competitors. But in The Apprentice, you're like, okay, I need to work with you and get on with you. But then I also need to be able to blame you if everything goes wrong. So you're trying to have this balance of we're, you know, really together and we're a team. And then actually when all when push comes to shove, it was your fault, you know, and it's that I found that really hard because I just got on with people that I got on with. And then obviously there were people I didn't get on with. But I found it hard when I would think about what if we lose? Like, I really like all of you. I can't, you know, blame mm. you. It's Maybe it's my fault. And so I found that hard, but I really enjoyed the competition and I really enjoyed the, the group tasks. I have to say more than I thought. Yeah, it's interesting you say that there as well, because I'm an only child too, and I was never competitive until I was just happened to be friends with someone. We made up a wee competition going into the leading cert, and I found out I'm very, very, very competitive. (laughs) Once you you get into that there thing, we were like taking the piss, like, and we're just like, you know, trash talking each other or whatever, but you can get very, very competitive Mm -hmm. also. Um, we've, in our research, we've heard you mention that you sometimes feel at a disadvantage when meeting with other business people due to the fact you haven't studied a business degree. Is this a stigma that you believe shouldn't stop entrepreneurs from taking the chance of going into business early on in life? Or do you recommend going to college and getting that degree so you're at a level playing field with other people? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I I don't think anyone else is feeling that. I think it's definitely something that I personally feel because there are loads of people in business who didn't do a degree and, you know, who are billionaires, millionaires, super successful, like uber connected people. And so that isn't necessarily doesn't go hand in hand. However, if I could go back and talk to myself, I would say either get a job in a big corporate, absorb, learn, like, because the you will have these 
this knowledge to apply to your own business. If you don't have that knowledge or that lingo or even the degree, whatever it might be, you are at a slight disadvantage because you don't know what's coming. And and when you're raising money, it is a completely different language. It's a completely different world. And it's hard enough for the best of people. So if you can just cushion yourself in that environment by having some sort of backed up knowledge, why wouldn't you? And you're never too old to start, but you can be too soon. And if you're too soon, then you might fail. And that's okay to fail. But at the same time, you want to give yourself the best chance. So if you have an opportunity to do anything, learn from other people, you know, shadow somebody, get someone as a mentor, just learn from everybody around you Mm. before you think you know everything to start it yourself. So I would say no, but yes, like I would, if I could talk to myself, I'd be like, go and do a degree, please. Yeah. It's, it's sort of that kind of thing. A degree at the end of the day is only a slip of paper. And I'm studying entrepreneurship in Maynooth, which uh, I know studying entrepreneurship. But uh, it's one of them things. I don't think the degree is going to teach me that much that I couldn't do without it. But I've got an internship next year. I might get a job, postgrad, And the things I'll learn through that there, through the degree, that's what's really yeah. valuable. And I sort of think that's sort of the way you should agree (laughs) agree and most of those great companies won't take you without a degree so that Mm. that you know you need that to get in the door and then what you'll learn there I mean you couldn't pay to learn that you know you're going to have such an amazing knowledge bank after uh going on to that there into a bit more of a a personal topic um when researching for this interview I stumbled across the unfortunate news that your father was diagnosed with dementia some years ago and as a person who has had family members who've got illnesses i often would find it very hard to like keep going with whatever i was working at at that time because obviously it just sort of plays your mind although this is a horrible thing to happen do you have any advice for any of the listeners who have had or are currently going through some personal or family issues while running a business or working in general yeah i think it's it's really difficult and probably nothing i'll say and nothing really that's been said to me has been hugely helpful but even just talking about it, um, I got involved with the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland and that's been a real help, you know, being able to do good um, for the charity and even just put a, a younger voice on the issue because it is a very, you know, oh, that's for older people and, and young people don't talk about it. And I think it's important, you know, that we just raise awareness about the disease and what it is and it's not the same for everybody and it's nice sometimes because you you know when you're not talking about it and people don't know you feel like you're hiding it and so being open about it has been hugely helpful but I'm not going to lie like my dad was an incredible entrepreneur in his day and to not have him is really hard and also to see him but him not be there and not know you know to see me on tv on the apprentice and have no idea that that's me on tv like you know that's very difficult um but being open about it's helpful um, there's support out there. But I, I think it, it definitely affects running your business from my perspective, maybe even just with lockdown as an added extra, like being at home is hard because you don't have the same distractions and it feels very real when you're watching it day to day. So, yeah, I will say there's probably nothing I can say to make it better. But being open about it and talking about it, it does help no matter what you're going yeah. through. It helps. Yeah, I think even like like we we sort of discussed it beforehand whether we'd ask about it, but it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Even the fact that we're discussing it, you should it should be a conversation that people. Yeah, just I think, a conversation, exactly. It, it yeah. kind of I think it scares people and people just ignore it then. But when and then you you're it, trying it, to cover it up better. as well, and it, how's yeah. your dad? Yeah, he's fine, you know. And it's just all a bit. It becomes awkward, and and that's mm. harder to do. So it's easier just if everybody knows 
And yeah, it is what it is a bit. But at the same time, it I'm sure it's a weight off my shoulders. I have no doubt that it's helped. Yeah, well, hopefully that will help some people because I know yeah. definitely it gets tempting not to talk about them things because you think, oh, well, if I talk about it to someone else, I'm really putting a lot of pressure on them. But in yes. reality, people just sort of want to help you most of the they time. They do, and they just want to be an ear. Yeah, you're so right. Mm. Going on to our final section is sort of a, a section where we ask the same guests every week the same questions. Um, first of all, one very common one. Can you give us a book recommendation or a podcast that has influenced or impacted your life in any way, positive or negative? Well, positive, hopefully. I can tell you that I do not read books. I'm terrible, <laughs> but I just don't. I don't have the the like dedication to finish a book like they would put me to sleep. We were talking about my sleep pattern earlier. So they would just send me to sleep. So I'm a podcast girl. It depends what I'm doing. If I really need to be motivated or if I'm going into like an investor meeting or something, I'll stick on Gary Fox's um, Entrepreneur Experiment. That will just get me going because Gary gets the most from his guests and I feel mm. really energized listening to the entrepreneurs there. If I really just want to have a chill day, I will stick on like Dateline or one of the crime podcasts. I love anything like that. So that will just help me switch off. Like if I'm driving to the warehouse or something and I'm working, but I need something just to take my mind off and um, whatever catastrophe has mm. happened. Um, so both of those I would listen to regularly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. A lot of our guests are in the vein of not reading books, but then a lot of them are really into reading books. Yeah, and one or the of, other, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's funny because you'd nearly think that every entrepreneur has to be reading books, but there's so much information everywhere now. It's like books, obviously there's so much information in that as well, but you can just get anything you can get out of a book. You can probably get out of a podcast because it's just people speaking, whether totally. it's written down or speaking or just words. And I'm the type of person, I'll read a line in a book and then I'll get to the next one I'm like, wait what and they'll have to read the previous line again mm. I'm like oh my god I can't absorb this it's just yeah. stressing me out <laughs> I like I like reading and I'll yeah. still like read a full page and then go wait I was just thinking about my dinner there for yeah and nothing and goes no in idea, no idea what that day was on about yeah if I'm interested enough in a book I'll do an audiobook and um, which mm. I do like as well but again like you said because it's not conversational I feel like I have to go back and listen to bits again because it doesn't mm. doesn't stick so Pamela good good topic maybe to finish off on something you're no stranger to mm. what kind of recommendation would you give to anyone who's looking to get investment in their business when they're maybe just starting off or maybe no matter what stage they're at what kind of tips would you give yeah I would say no matter what the stage you're at raise money when you don't need it that advice was given to me when it was too late but I <laughs> totally agree with that advice. I think you, if you are planning to scale, you're planning to grow and it may not be for 18 months time, raise the money now. You've less of a conversation to have about anything that's going to go wrong. Your early stage. If I think back to my Dragon's Den, you know, we were trading six months. Everything was amazing. It was all great. And there was nothing to say. When you're trading four years, you have a lot to say about your journey there's a lot of questions about why you did certain things, why you didn't do certain things. Whereas when you're fresh, you have a plan. It can be executed. You might not need the money for 18 months, but it might take six, eight, 10 months to get that money over mm -hmm. the line. That is, to me, the best time to do it. It'll be then in the bank. You won't have to panic. And also you won't be trying to, when you need money, it's harder to get because you need to be focused on your business, but then you need to dedicate time to, to speaking to investors. And that's really time consuming. And your business might need you a lot more at that stage. So definitely raise it early um, and raise more than you need. Again, this was said to me, I didn't really understand it at the time, but now because I see how long it takes, if you needed to do that again in a short space of time, you know, you could spend your whole 
time in business just raising money so raise a little bit more than you think you might need you'll probably get it at a better you know investment rate and things so that's that's definitely my advice and also plan for your investors so whether you start out like start your company right register as a limited company do everything the right way so that it's easy to get investment you've nothing to explain away um and they're the kind of things and also like enterprise ireland can match funds so look at what the eligibility criteria for that kind of thing is and have it in your back pocket ready for when you do go for it but i would say go as early as you can even if you think it's a year start now because it it could take that long yeah i think that's some it's a great place to end i think there's some very good tips there um and ending on the money as well which is is always good (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah pamela i just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on um, really appreciate all the tips you gave and also your honesty as well and um, that's something we always really appreciate with our guests so um yeah pamela thank you so much it was an absolute pleasure thanks so much for having me guys